everybody, and welcome back to Faithful. My name is Emma. My name is Christina. Our first take was really bad, and you'll never hear, it'll never see the light of day. <laughs> or will it? I'm the, I'm the editor. I have the power. Yeah, that's up to Christina, but she seemed pretty upset when I said it, so. <laughs> but yeah, everybody, welcome back to Faithful. Um, For us, it's been a minute since we recorded. Uh, probably It'll be the same normal schedule for y'all, but... Uh, I mean, that's what happens when you batch record episodes, because because otherwise schedules are too hectic. Yeah. No, I do I do prefer this, but it has been a while. How are you doing, Christina? Uh, let's just say that it is <laughs> it is February, and it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah. I, I think I described it on a couple days ago as like one of those one of those days where like your brain just decides to like turn everything five degrees to the right. <laughs> Oh, I love so, that. So, it's not that nothing necessarily terrible. Y'all don't need to be concerned. It's just like, okay, this is happening, and yeah. you know what? It'll it'll stop happening yeah. hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I feel that for sure. It's okay though, because we're recording this on a Friday and on a on a Thursday, and tomorrow is Friday. <laughs> I'm yeah. very excited for Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, in class today, I was like, oh yes, it's the weekend because we don't have. Uh, class on fridays oh lucky yeah apparently our professors want to start like adding classes on friday next year though i don't i don't want to do that at all yeah anyway i'm sorry (laughs) that's okay i'm getting super off topic but it's okay uh so today uh is christina's episode and we're gonna be talking about a book that she read let's go with that yes so y'all saw the episode uh title and the subject and stuff Um, but today we are going to be discussing rediscover the saints this is the subtitle of this book is 25 questions that will change your life (laughs) a big uh Um, yeah big promises yeah big big promises um because this is a this is one of those books like for context here i literally i picked this up for free when i was visiting my family for christmas because the priest at mass said, please take a copy of this book. We have too many. <laughs> so I took it. Um, and it is by Matthew Kelly. Um, those of you who are familiar with Christian publishing will probably have heard his name before. Um, for those of you who have not, uh, Matthew Kelly is, he is a guy from Australia, uh, born and raised in Sydney to Catholic parents. Uh, he is the fourth of eight boys woof (laughs) let's nominate both of his parents for sainthood (laughs) um he he is catholic born and raised catholic um but he had his major like revolutionary call to faith when he was a late teen um after one of his family friends had suggested that he spend because like he was he was distant in his faith and a family friend suggested that he spend 10 minutes in prayer at a church per day and from that point, apparently his faith just took off in leaps and bounds. Um, God is good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, he is, he apparently has like a, like a day job in addition to also running a dynamic, the Dynamic Catholic Institute, which it sounds like is maybe more of his focus than his day job, but whatever. Um, sounds like a... Sounds like a Magnus Archives-esque fantasy institution. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that, so let's go with yes. Okay. <laughs> I still need- I haven't heard any of it, but it is It is on my radar. <laughs> I just meant that it sounds like a made-up- uh, It does sound like a fantasy name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Dynamic Catholic Institute is essentially a group that publishes a lot of Catholic like resources. They do a lot of- they mostly do like book publishing, mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty much just like resources to help you know, like pretty much a lot of you know, like Bible study fodder. Sure, sure. Like tools to promote engagement, that kind of a thing, and discussion material and stuff. If you've ever been in a Bible study, at some point you probably have read material from Matthew Kelly. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, today we're going to be kind of doing like a book report. I guess you could say, because mm-hmm. I I finished this book today, and because it is intended as, like, a communal, like, a group study kind of a thing, or, like, a read and reflect as you go along, 
Um, I'm going to do kind of like a quick summary of the book, and then we can do some like more in-depth discussion about what it I would through. love that, yeah. Okay. Um, so this this book is pretty much intended to like provide... It, I mean, its title is literally Rediscover the Saints. <laughs> so it's meant to be a, a study tool to help people you know, learn about the lives of the saints and learn from their experiences and like apply those experiences to their own life, whether it's in the, in the physical or in the spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. I should add, however, that the title rediscover the saints is a bit of a misnomer. Okay. <laughs> um, because I was not aware of this beforehand. Apparently in the Catholic church, there's, a difference between canonized saints and like just normal saints and not all saints are canonized like mm. there might be people out there who are saints that are not and will never be canonized so it's not quite the same milieu but people who are not officially recognized saints in this book include the the author's son Walter oh um the uh the author's grandfather Harry Okay. The author's father, Bernard. <laughs> and uh, also the author's son, Ralph. What about the author? Is he a saint? He doesn't, he doesn't describe himself as a saint. All right. Um, and so, but I, I feel sorry for his kids and his wife who he didn't devote chapters to. <laughs> Oops. That's... Because he has because he has two other children that didn't get chapters devoted to them in this book, and also presume and also he didn't he doesn't mention his wife a whole lot. Oh, hmm, interesting. <laughs> little little bit sad. This yeah. is this is not like an overtly misogynistic book. It's just like, hmm, you talk about how saints are everywhere, whether or not they're canonized. Would have been real great for you to talk about how you how you see your wife as a saint. <laughs> see, now that would have been romantic. Mm -hmm. um okay so how how is it that every person in this family like who decides who's a saint or not like how you just say it you I, just call yourself a saint or i think by his definition he is referring people who he is referring to as saints are people who are people who have lived their lives an example as an example to others and have been able to spiritually inspire others sure so, that's a pretty generous metric. Got it. So mm -hmm. is it, like, but does their, like, local church, like, describe them as saints? Or is it just, like, a family thing? I, I mean, most of, most of the people that he, re that he references in this book are official saints who are recognized by the Catholic Church. Got it. Um, but those people who are not are ones that I think he is personally referring to as saints because he views them as saints to himself sure okay okay that makes sense like my it. like my grandfather was a very saintly man so okay. yes. there go saint that makes sense i wonder if maybe he also wasn't trying to get some filler in but whatever <laughs> <laughs> because um because matthew kelly is a very prolific author <laughs> it's like i just write about my grandpa a little bit he did some good stuff. It'll help somebody. Um, a couple of, a couple more notes before we actually like, jump into discussion and recap. Um, since Matthew Kelly is a very prolific author, <laughs> there were there were several points while I was reading this book. Um, there are a hundred and eighteen pages, mm -hmm. and the there were several points while reading this. I think there were at least like five or six. Where he takes the time to shill out for his own books and his own products through Dynamic Catholic. Wow. And I, I literally wrote hashtag non-spawn in the margins. <laughs> and also, instead of having, like, an author bio or anything, the last four pages in the book, actually, no, the last five, including the end sheet, um, are all just read, read my books and go look at Dynamic Catholic. <laughs> so... All right. So, so render under Caesar, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other, the other thing before is just like, as as a Christina note, uh, he because he is a Catholic and he is this is a this is a Catholic book, 
Um, there's a lot of use of, like, how can you help the men and women in your life? And I might just go through here before I donate this book to someone and just cross that all out and write, people, people, people. How can you help the people in your life? How can you help others? It's... Let's divulge it's, for it's, just a second. It's, it's that simple. It's so much easier to write T-H-E-Y instead of he slash her or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like, it drives me batty. It happens all the time in college. This is an issue that is clearly close to both of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so please, please be more inclusive when you are writing about people in a general sense. <laughs> this has been our PSA people, in our soapbox. <laughs> listen, if, if he'd done that too, nobody would have ever been the wiser. Nobody would yeah. ever pick it out as like, oh, he's an SJW. Literally nobody would have noticed. But anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what? The Replacing it with gender-neutral language, to me, sounds like a good example of Christ-like love. Mm-hmm. But that's just my commentary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you ready to jump in? Yes, I am. Okay, so the book starts with a prologue about the first saint... And this is entirely different from the rest of the book, because it is a first-person fictional narrative um, telling the story of the life of... Are you familiar with St. Dismas or the Penitent Thief? No. It's from... it. This That story is from, I think it's Luke's Gospel. Okay. Um, of when Jesus was crucified. He was crucified with a thief on either side of him. Oh. One, one thief reviled Jesus and was telling him like if you are truly the son of god rescue us from being crucified mm-hmm. and the the other the other thief the penitent thief aka saint dismas um whose name has been lost to time said like to the other thief like be quiet and then like jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom <laughs> and it's and it's actually like a surprisingly affecting piece of fiction oh all right like it's about like oh like i grew up and like stealing was the only thing that i ever knew and then i got caught and I, I saw Jesus in the marketplace, and then we started, and then we were crucified next to each other, and um, it is, it it's just, it's a really interesting piece, and I would read, I would, I would be interested in reading more of the, in this vein of material. Sure. They end the prologue with, uh, with a paragraph that I'm going to read, because it's a pretty short one. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. If I could lean in close to you and whisper something in your ear, it would be this. If there are pieces of your past that are weighing you down, it's time to leave them behind. You are not what has happened to you. You are someone unimaginably greater than you have ever considered, and maybe it's time to consider all the possibilities that are within you. It's some, that's some good stuff. People need to hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it starts on a really good note. Yeah. Um, And then... The actual body of the book gets into the the kind of the questions that the the so the the aforementioned twenty five questions right yes and the whole book is kind of based on two questions one are you satisfied with the direction the world is moving in and two are you satisfied with your life <laughs> oof big ones yeah big ones <laughs> if this is your first experience with um. Let's just call it intentional literature. Mm, mm-hmm. This kind of stuff, either it goes for the extremely banal questions about the reading that you've just done, or it goes for the jugular questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. There's either, it's either questions like, and what did Jesus say when he spoke to the disciples during his Sermon on the Mount? Or, hey, how do you feel about your life? What do you want to change? Like, do you believe in God? Yeah. So. It's, oh, man. Yeah. It is truly a a terrible dichotomy that is presented in so much of this literature. <laughs> um but yeah, it's the the whole book kind of does a lot of presenting of hey, you know what? Like the saints that everyone reveres so much, they were all human and they were all fallible and they all, you know, they all had their doubts and they all had their moments of triumph, which the book refers to as holy moments when you make yourself completely available to God. Okay. And that all of us as humans are capable of doing things that are just as incredible as what the saints did. Because 
all all humans come with the same possibilities <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Seems yeah. biblically sound to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I I should note here that he also doesn't um uh, he also doesn't like candy coat it and he does flat out say like anyone there will be fabulous joy in the journey as well as heart-wrenching pain. Anyone who offers you an easy path is to be mistrusted. <laughs> yeah, that's well, honestly, I am so passionate right now, slightly off topic again, about false yeah. prophets and yeah. like teaching about them in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm very passionate about it. Let, let's just say that that, let's probably establish that that relates to current events and call it good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um,. Then the book goes through 25, well, technically 24 saints. Okay. 20, 24 saints, heavy air quotes there, excluding the people that he's directly related to. Right. <laughs> and then the last chapter is literally the Anne Peggy, where it's, the last chapter is dedicated to all saints. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, so it's, the, the the people that he talks about are, are pretty, a pretty decent sample of, like, catholic canonized saints there's you know let's talk about saint Teresa of avila and saint ignatius of loyola but then there's also talking about let's talk about um saint martha the one who the one who was freaking out about uh hosting jesus at her house right <laughs> and like let's talk about saint maximilian colby but then also saint nicholas <laughs> as in as in he who punched out the heretics at the at the at the congregation of nicaea i think don't quote that me on that sounds correct yeah saint nicholas punched out heretics he's cool it goes through and they have a lot of um interesting he he makes some interesting points every like every chapter is maybe like let's just say generally around like three pages like front back front mm -hmm. so they're pretty short um each one has a little bit about that saint's life sometimes it's more flimsy than others um but then also it poses a question and i wrote down some of those ones so i figure that if at this point if you're okay, we can go into kind of like the discussion part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. And uh, for those of you that are listening at home, I, after every like question or explanation, I will, Emma and I will give like a few set, like a few seconds of silence. So that way, if you want to pause it and like, I don't know, discuss it or think about it, then you can do that. You don't have to worry about missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Okay. So kind of going off of the the prologue talking mm -hmm. about the penitent saint yes the the discussion guide um the first question is do you believe that god wants you to be a saint and do you think that's possible well that's interesting because uh as listeners probably know i have been raised um evangelical christian is kind of a, yeah. a hard thing to say now but um, in, in a denomination that does not have saints yes but i understand like what the concept of saints is and i think we we believe the same things just kind of hold them on like a different uh ranking i guess of mm -hmm. importance yeah. but like so like i like i don't think i would ever call myself a saint but like i super believe that like people are called to do great things and that through god uh mm -hmm. like we like people like human beings are capable of like performing mm -hmm. miracles or doing whatever so like yeah i totally believe that yeah I, I i would personally say that i don't know if god necessarily intends for me to be a capital s saint but <laughs> sure. but i'm definitely not ruling it out <laughs> can you be like the patron saint of like graphic designers or something <laughs> Oh gosh, the the patron saint of kerning, <laughs> the patron saint of of triple checking your copy before it goes to print. <laughs> okay, um, one of the saints that they discuss in this book is Saint Irenaeus. Okay, in some chapters he doesn't even mention like or give much context for who this person is that he's referring to, mm -hmm. which is why I said that some of these some of these chapters are maybe a little bit more flimsily framed than others. Gotcha. Um, but in this context, he's referring to, 
uh, to Saint Irenaeus. Uh, and that's, and he read this, he read this from, he read from this person when he was 15. So, whatever. Um, the gist of this chapter is that, is to live life as, to your, to the fullest, because God wants you to be happy and to be fulfilled in as many ways as possible. So the question here is, how do you think that living life to the fullest glorifies God? That's a great, very interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it kind of boils down to, and I mean, I guess this goes without saying, but these are a lot of my mm-hmm. beliefs. Like, obviously, I'm not going to try and push this on anybody else, but it's yeah. just my, my, my opinions. I mean, this is the, this whole episode is like an extremely compressed uh, d- discussion of this book. Yes. <laughs> I would, yeah. Th- this is an opinions podcast. Got it. Good, good, good. Okay. Just making sure. Um, I mean, that's the whole show. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that God created like uh earth to be like fun for us like obviously somebody at the very beginning might have messed that up a little bit but like yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) but you know like like god gave us a capacity for like humor and fun and like enjoying adventure and like you know like so like i think living life to the fullest if you define it as like taking full advantage of your time on earth and like Mm -hmm. doing a lot of things and learning about and meeting a lot of people and learning about cultures and all of that stuff. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that that's just using the gifts that like God gave us as humanity. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I think I'm not exactly, I don't remember exactly what the question was, but I think that that answered it. (laughs) Yeah, that, that did answer it. And that's actually pretty much what I was going to (laughs) say. Nice. (laughs) That, that God, that God did not put us here to, to not live our lives to the fullest. Mm-hmm. So why not just do that? <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, next, uh, the next chapter is on St. Benedict. Um, I have heard of him, at least. Yeah, St. Benedict, um, not he of the eggs, um, <laughs> but he who, uh, he who was, he was a monk, and he founded the Benedictine Order of Monks, Um they they do a lot of they do a lot of different work. I feel like they are more. I feel like ben, the Benedictines are more um, more service and academia based. And Saint Benedict, fun fact, literally wrote a book called "The Rule of Saint Benedict," which was a foundational doc- document for thousands of religious communities, um, literally from the Middle Ages until the present day. Wow. So, so something in there holds up. I'm pretty cool um, guy. The question in this chapter wasn't, like, super important, but I found it really interesting because he mentions that, uh, he mentions that what we can learn from Benedict's life is that it's very helpful and important to build a daily routine of health, happiness, and holiness, and then to stick to it. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So, like, whatever that means, whatever that means for y'all, like... If that means that, you know, like, you you get enough sleep and you you see your partner or you get to have a good conversation with your roommate and you, and you spend 10 minutes in prayer mm-hmm. cumulatively through the day. Like, there you go. That's a, that is a good habit. And Absolutely. I was like, that's something that I can do. <laughs> hey, <laughs> something it's from all- one of these books is applicable directly to my daily life. Oh, believe me, like, when we get to the chapter on Martha, we will get there. Uh, I um, love Martha, so I'm so Oh, me too. Our, when I was in college in campus ministry, we literally, like, one of, like, the get-to-know-you questions was, like, are you a Mary, are you a Martha? So are you <laughs> yeah. a Mary, or are you a Martha? Me, right now? Depends on my <laughs> mood and where I'm at, but I'm probably more Mary. Okay, okay. See, I would definitely say that I'm 100% a Martha. Right. <laughs> like, case in point here, in like, for my senior year of college, I was, like, the vice chairman of this big retreat that we always, that my campus ministry always did every fall. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my best friend in college was, like, the president of this retreat. Mm-hmm. And she is very definitely a Mary, and I was very definitely a Martha. <laughs> and there was a point at which there was, like, a big, like, there was a speaker giving a talk and maybe there was like some prayer involved with it or something 
And she was up listening to this talk. And in the meantime, I was in the basement of the church running around like a chicken with my head cut off because we had to convert like the like the main event space in the basement from the lunchroom into the setup for the everything skit. (laughs) And we had and we had 30 minutes to do it. And no one had considered that we'd have to flip the room except for me. (laughs) Oh, no. It was it was very stressful. But everything got figured out and it worked out okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is a prime example of me being a Martha. <laughs> um, for those of you who are maybe not familiar, um, I will just explain that when we get to the Martha chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned. Or maybe I'll just move that whole question to the point where I explain Martha. <laughs> maybe I'll do some podcast magic. Who knows? Okay. The chapter after Benedict is for Saint Teresa of Avila. Right. Um, she was an she was a she was a sister. She was a she was a nun, who was also an author and a reformer and a mystic. Oh, which in this context means that she is someone who had who was so spiritual and had such a such a strong relationship with God that she experienced extra normal phenomena happening to her oh i know um, the art piece that's based on <laughs> yeah you, yeah, yeah okay. you've probably yep. seen it the comparison with Lindsay lohan <laughs> um but in her instance she had she had visions and was uh was apparently particularly attuned to hearing the voice of god cool which is pretty cool yeah so her chapter is a lot about prayer okay her her big takeaway from her chapter is when you pray, pray as if you're having a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And if you're having a hard time focusing or or if you can't think of anything to pray about, have a prayer book and then use that to, like, focus your attentions. Okay. Or, like, use it as something to, like, give you things to think about as you pray. Mm-hmm. Which is good. And also, we need to teach others how to pray. Yes. So, there are actually two interesting questions for this for that chapter. So, first question is, have you ever been taught how to pray? Uh, yeah, I, my my dad is a pastor, and he's been mm-hmm. preaching for a lot of my life. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like, I've, you know, as a kid, you just, like, they force you to, like, pray, like, for, like, the dinner or yeah. whatever. Um, and also, I've uh, always been taught... Uh, like, I think my, my dad prays kind of, like, pretty, um, like, the how you would imagine somebody prays. Um, but then, like, my youth leaders, for example, like, during youth mm-hmm. group and stuff, always prayed like it was a super casual conversation. Much more freeform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they, they were there just, like, they started, like, just, like, hey, God, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it would be really cool if you helped out with, you know, just, like, really, really 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 mm-hmm. relaxed and so i think i do kind of a combination of both um but yeah i try not to take it too seriously yeah mm-hmm. at some point i imagine that i was taught how to pray um probably in a lot of the same ways that you were like mm-hmm. okay now like here's your book of prayers to learn from now we're gonna go over them as a psr class and we have the me- we have the prayer we say before meals <laughs> and everything and at so- at some point like I realized that, like, having the specific, like, prayer language that I grew up with mm-hmm. is, it is important to me and it is helpful in some cases, sure. but it's also important to be able to, you know, freestyle. <laughs> sure, yeah. Because sometimes those are the more heartfelt prayers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Um, something that's kind of funny is, uh, like, I went to my dad's dad's church and they mm-hmm. do, they recite the Lord's Prayer, which is just super basic like yeah even if we our don't, father like, who we, art in heaven yeah i know the first couple lines but i was never taught the whole thing so i did <laughs> yeah so i'm like daughter of the pa- of like the guest pastor and i'm just like silently mouthing the rest of the words because i don't know what they are yeah peas and carrots peas and carrots <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah when you pray do you do all the talking or all the listening I think, I guess, especially recently, I've been doing a lot of the talking, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger in youth group, we, mm-hmm. um, 
and our church as a whole is very big on like hearing God's voice and like letting him speak to you if that's through like words or like images or whatever um and so I actually used to be pretty in tune with it but it's been a long time I'm pretty out of practice um yeah so it's harder for me to like feel like I'm having a conversation and so I'll just talk and talk and talk um but uh yeah so I probably do more talking (laughs) yeah I uh I definitely I definitely have a lot of the same things (laughs) I, I find that personally I'm I do a, probably a lot more talking than listening because being able to listen during prayer if it isn't something that comes naturally to you mm-hmm. is a very hard skill to hone mm-hmm. because at some point it just pretty much becomes you know like a it pretty much just becomes you know like oh I'm gonna sit here and try and keep everything else from entering my head right <laughs> so it does. It it does take a lot of um, it takes a lot of discipline to be able to do, and I'd like to be able to do it at some point, but that's not currently within my, especially within my <laughs> wheelhouse. Sure, I think one way that I that I've been like taught to do it and has always really helped me whenever I like remember or like care to do it, but um, yeah, is so like you know like keeping like a prayer journal is really helpful, and the way that I usually mm-hmm. tried to go about writing it is to just like just pretty much stream of consciousness just write everything that i'm thinking like i'm saying it to god yeah. and then either i'll recognize it while i'm writing or sometimes you have to look at it like after the fact and be mm-hmm. able to pick out and see it's a little bit easier after to say like oh that was my thought and then another one to say i wonder if that was really me or if that was like some kind of outside influence and then sometimes okay. it can even be like a negative influence too and you have to like take those out as well you know yeah. just basically like is this my voice is this the enemy's voice or is this god's voice and yeah. categorizing them that way okay interesting related question yeah did you did you keep a diary when you were little i always wanted to but yeah i never like i think i maybe had a bunch of diaries where i would start for like three days and then just forget that they were there i had one of those past like the voice activated like password yeah. diaries um yeah but it just wouldn't let me in after a couple of times oh no because it didn't recognize my voice anymore for some reason that's not real great no <laughs> um, um so no i had never kept up with one okay Okay, I wasn't much of a I wasn't much of a diary or a journal kid either, mm-hmm. um, and I wonder if maybe they're connected. But I also don't have much practice in intentional journaling. Let's say sure. So. I think intentional journaling is awesome, even if it's not like you specifically praying, but just like I think writing out your feelings and mm-hmm. yelling at something, but like for like instead of typing it out, like mm-hmm. writing it with your hand is like a different way to like get it out of your system yeah mm-hmm. that's true and then if you don't like what you wrote you can burn it <laughs> perfect in which case do it outside <laughs> okay um i'm gonna kind of skip over the ignatius of Loyola chapter because it was very interesting um but the one major message out of that is that it's important to use your emotional intelligence to recognize the holy spirit moving through you and through others and then to use that emotional intelligence to love people makes sense (laughs) and as someone who has i i think it's not pretentious of me to say that i have a fair amount of emotional intelligence (laughs) that is really helpful sure yeah okay um skipping saint francis i'm sorry saint francis okay so the chapter on saint thomas more okay he was a catholic priest and a martyr in england uh, he was executed by, I think, King Henry because he refused to let the king anno- or divorce his wife so yes, that he could okay. marry, uh, I think, Anne Boleyn. Some, yeah. Yeah. It, it, he was, St. Thomas More is the one who uh, refused to let that happen and then was executed for his beliefs. <laughs> awesome. He, he might even say he was martyred for his beliefs. Um. <laughs> But his chapter was a lot about um, listening to your conscience to do what's right. Okay. Let me flip to the part that I wrote down in my notes. Okay. Um, Deep within you, this is a, these are uh, excerpts from the book. 
Deep within you, there is a gentle voice, the voice of your conscience. It is the best version of yourself whispering to you in the moments of your day. When we listen to it, we experience a joy and lightness. When we ignore it, our soul aches and we, we experience a profound feeling of being weighed down. And then the next, the last segment from here is um, the, the saints demonstrate how to behave in the face of adversity, injustice, and even cruelty. And, of course, they learned how to courageously encounter adversity by patiently reflecting on the way that Jesus lived his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the question for St. Thomas More is, have you ever turned to the example of a saint in a time of adversity? And who, if so? That's another interesting question for me. Or, like, in your case, you could even extend that to, like, biblical figures, too. Sure, yeah. Spiritual role models. I'll be honest, my, like, biblical knowledge and, like, ability to just, like, recall Bible stories and, like, verses and people to my Mm -hmm. situation is limited, to say the least. That's okay. Um, None of us have Wikipedia in our brains. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Um... So, honestly, probably the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, you know, I love, like, of course, there's sermons and stuff that, like, do illustrations about certain stories where mm-hmm. people, like, mean things. But I honestly couldn't even recall one that speaks to me specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know a friend of mine who um, had, like, this huge, like, spiritual revelation once at, like, like youth group once where... Mm-hmm. Um, she realized how much she like related to the apostle Peter and like, um, and I think she still uses him as like an inspiration today to like, you know, like she can see herself in Peter and see how he reacted to situations and like his wisdom and be able to see that in herself, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. So, but interesting. Yeah, I I definitely have. <laughs> sure. um, Emma, Emma has seen this before, but like I have a uh, here. I'll like shake it for the mi- actually no, I won't shake it for the microphone because it's bad audio. <laughs> um, but I I wear a bunch of like miraculous medals on my chain around my neck and stuff. So mm-hmm. like I have a miraculous medal for 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 Saint John Paul II, aka Pope John Paul II, aka JP two. I have a medal for <laughs> Padre for for. Padre Pio, St. Pio, and I have a medal for St. Joan of Arc, and uh, St. Joan of Arc is my, like, my, I don't want to say, like, my personal saint, but uh, but she's probably the saint whose name I invoke the most, but also mm-hmm. a lot of invoking to St. Jude, who is the patron saint of, like, hopeless cases and also cancer. Oh, wow, yeah. So, yeah. But yes the the answer is yes for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i've always loved that the idea of, of saints and like being able to in, invoke those like specific names for specific mm-hmm. um things i've just never you know obviously i didn't grow up with them so being able to being able to attach that cc to your personal prayer email yeah right <laughs> uh i'm skipping over some more here um but we're going to go to saint martha real quick um okay so martha like i like i mentioned earlier um martha and mary and their brother lazarus were they were a family that lived together and they were especially like close to jesus um when i'm assuming that jesus probably stayed with them a bunch as he was traveling through through the middle east and everything and uh, at one point, Jesus decided to drop in on Martha and Mary unannounced. And Martha <laughs> was the one who immediately uh, leaped to making sure that the house was ready and everything to welcome the guests. Because, of course, you know, Jesus had his whole retinue with him. And Mary was the one who, um, upon being told that Jesus was there and was asking for her, um, immediately went to see him and then, you know, like, sat there and listened attentively and everything. And a lot of the times people tend to deride Martha for being more concerned with, like, welcoming people and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally find it to be kind of bogus. <laughs> um, I've definitely had sermons about, how, like, 
the like pros and cons of both like being a Mary and being a Martha because I know like especially this one person I know in my church has always been a Martha um mm-hmm. and always felt some a little bit like a, some kind of shame about that but also like that shame not really like sitting right with them because like how could mm-hmm. what I'm doing be like a hundred percent the wrong thing to do so mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what that was, but basically, yeah, it doesn't you can be both. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be both. You can be neither. It's fine. Um, the really interesting point that was made in this book is that, um, especially in the early days of the Christian Church, it was very important to have a welcoming community mm-hmm. because because uh, the early days of the Christian Church <laughs> involved a lot of persecution of Christians by non Christians. Uh- and and so it was very important to have a welcoming community and even like nowadays like if you are in if you're in a context where you're going to be discussing your faith mm-hmm. it is a lot easier to do if you are in a welcoming community for sure yeah yeah so Martha's work is not uh is not actually um pointless <laughs> it is in fact important um, the question here is, is Jesus asking you to sit at his feet like Mary or grow in hospitality like Martha? Interesting. I probably have to prayerfully consider that for a little bit. Yeah, go for it. But gosh, wow, that's a loaded question. The more I think about it. Tell you, it's it's a jugular question. Yeah, that's one of the jugular ones. Uh, hmm. Could you say it again real quick? Is is Jesus asking you to sit at his feet like Mary or grow in hospitality like Martha? I think my my gut is saying uh, sit at his feet like Mary because mm-hmm. like I, I alluded to it a little bit before I guess but I'm like out of practice with um, like praying and listening and and um doing that really like mm-hmm. faithfully and or not faithfully that's not really the word but like regularly and consistently, intentionally intentionally yeah. yeah that's a great word um so i think yeah i it would make sense for god to just be like okay hey relax just sit yeah. right here it's gonna be okay yeah if you let me talk to you like yeah just hang out in my presence for a little bit and it's gonna be okay yeah yeah so yeah i i i'm not going to attribute this to a certain aspect mm-hmm. but i i i would definitely say that i am i definitely need to do more sitting sitting at the feet of jesus like mary mm-hmm. and and not listening as and not being anxious as much or being distracted yeah, because <laughs> the struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I flipped over to check the time, and we're running maybe a little bit short. So I'm gonna do just I'm gonna read more tidbits, and then we'll just do the really good questions. Okay. Okay. So from Saint Thomas the Doubter, aka Good Thomas, aka Doubting Thomas. Um, it is, it is okay to have doubts. The important thing is that you use your doubts to lead you towards the truth. Preach it. I know, right? Hallelujah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, from the life of St. Therese of Lisieux, do little things with great love. This is also known as the little way. And if you want to read more about that, I believe that she... I believe that there is a book that she wrote about her life, and we'll probably talk about that at some point, maybe around to. her feast I, day. Yeah, I really like these this little book book club thing that we're having, so we should do it again. Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, this is from the chapter on St. Maximilian Kolbe. Um, he is one of the actually the more modern saints that's listed in this book, and one of the more modern ones in general in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, he, is, he is a Catholic Polish priest. He is super cool. Um, he lived in, he lived in Poland during World War II, um, and instead of evacuating when the Nazis invaded Poland, uh, he and several of his brothers, his, his monastic brothers, that is, Mm -hmm. um, opened a hospital and helped tend to the injured, but also, um, but also sheltering and evacuating as many Jews as they could. Awesome. (laughs) Um, he was sent to Auschwitz (laughs) as- 
so frequently happened. And part of the reason why he um why he was canonized as a saint is because he was he is technically a martyr for his faith. Mm-hmm. Um the the commandant of the camp um decided to punish ten men uh for for another man's escape, successful escape. And St. Maximilian Kolbe um, took the place of one of the men who was going to be executed by starvation. Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, because this other man had, you know, a wife and children and stuff, and he wanted, he needed to live. So St. Maximilian Kolbe took his place, and he is super cool, and uh, maybe we can come back and do a full episode on him, because he's rad. Wow, yeah, that um, sounds like a really, really powerful story. Yeah, it it is a very powerful story. And... Hey, he actually, there's actually a really cool segment um, that I'm going to read from his chapter. Um, Here we discover one of the fundamental truths about holiness and the saints. They are the most diverse group of people in history. Well, they're all, all the saints are Christian, so barring that. (laughs) Um, Some were rich and some were poor. Some were educated and others had no education at all. Some had positions of power and authority and others did not. Some were sick and some were healthy. Some were young and some were old when they discovered that holiness is possible and dedicated themselves to it. In this beautiful diversity, we find a place for ourselves and no place for our excuses. So let us rededicate ourselves today to walking with God and collaborating with him to create as many holy moments as possible. It's like, hey, you know what? I like that. I like hearing about diversity from a Catholic author. <laughs> what a concept, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, because Math- because Matthew Kelly is from Australia, mm-hmm. he um he has a whole chapter on um uh, on Saint or Mother Mary MacKillop, um who was the first saint canonized in Australia, <laughs> um. But her her chapter's message is that you can be faithful and critical at the same time, but you also have to be open to correction. So this question is, do you think it's possible to be both critical of the church and faithful to God? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, I am in agreement. <laughs> 100,000 percent, yes. It is, and you should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like, not to get, like, super bogged down with politics, because I'm sure everyone's hearing enough of that as it is, but, like... Woof. <laughs> um, personally, like, my church at home, I'm uh, probably too critical of it at times, but, you know, like, in... You know, I fairly recently just went off to college. I'm figuring myself out, and, like... yeah. You know, even at the end of high school, I was, you know, uh, like, questioning my sexuality and, like, what does that mean with, like, my faith that I've been taught? And, yeah, like, just asking all of these questions. And um, we definitely mentioned it before, but, like, doubting and questioning can lead to an increased, like, like foundation for your faith. So, yeah. like... You don't know how strong a foundation is until it's been tested. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, and I think that totally applies to uh, critiquing your church as well. The only thing I have to add to that is that, yes, you should, you can and should criticize your church, especially because it's important for everyone to remember that um, despite the fact that churches are divinely inspired and divinely oriented... Mm-hmm. They are still established and run by humans mm-hmm. who are fallible. Yes. And that when it comes to to church teachings, it is much more, it, it is better to follow the intent of the law than the letter of the law. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, that's a great way to put it. I think, actually, I don't know what that was exactly I was trying to say there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, don't sweat it. Um, we're getting close to the end here, so I'm just going to kind of skip through mm-hmm. more stuff. Um, in the chapter on St. Anthony of the Desert, um, fun fact, apparently he was the originator of the monastic lifestyle among Christians. Interesting. Um, his whole chapter is on rebelling against the culture of corruption and re- literally like 
rebel against things that seek to make you less than who you really are. Wow, that's very powerful. Which is like that is metal as <laughs> that is metal. No, not that not that's metal. That is punk as all get out, and I support that. <laughs> also, fun fact, this chapter has his his little diatribe against brands and and, and like everything he has a brand on it today. What did we first use brands on? That's right, cattle. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> no, I don't. It's like, okay, Reddit. <laughs> Whatever. That's extremely salty, but I had to share it with you. <laughs> I was just literally, I didn't, my jaw just dropped and I didn't know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to critique capitalism, that's something. Yeah, definitely critique capitalism. Um. So the rest at this point we get into the next chapter is the one about Saint Nicholas. And the big lesson of that one is that sometimes if you're trying to lead people to God, it is important to help alleviate things that are keeping them from being able to focus on their faith. Such as, hey, if there's people who can't focus on what people are saying in church because they're hungry and they're going without food, then maybe try to alleviate some of their food insecurity. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, which is which is a good thing. So, st- like, that's kind of what that chapter is about. And it's good and it's helpful. Sure, yeah. Food pantries are good. Go help out at them. <laughs> and then the last chapters are about, like, Mary, the mother of God, who deserves her whole episode, who deserves a whole episode of her own. Um, there's some more hashtag non-spawns. In one case, two two within two pages. Um, but then the last chapter is All Saints, and the prompt is to be consciously present in your life. And the question for this chapter is, how is God calling you to move forward? God's dream is for all of us to be saints. So, so how is God calling you to move forward? Yeah, I definitely don't, I don't think that I'll be able to come up with a good answer for that uh that's okay for, i'm just by the end of the I'm, podcast but it is a very good question that i think is really important to ask periodically even just to like whenever you feel lost or without any kind of focus or drive and mm-hmm. like being able to uh like center yourself on god and find a meaning of higher meaning for yourself outside of like your work and your like relationships with like people on earth and and all of that stuff you know mm-hmm. very valuable yeah i uh right now i think i am definitely being called to called to find fu- find fulfillment and personal value in things that are not necessarily my employment that's great not not necessarily like quit right but you know like like hey like hey kids hey listeners um your job does not determine your self-worth your academics do not determine your Mm self-worth like cut cut that audio clip and then just like play that on repeat until it sinks in (laughs) and then actually the last the last question from the study guide that i'm referencing here is what would you be the patron saint of (laughs) That's a great question. I love that. Yeah, I mean, we literally talked about it at the top of the show, so I had to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, gosh. Do you have an answer? See, I would, I, I feel like mine would probably be like, I don't know, like, this is going to be trite, but like, the patron saint of like, friendship or like para- parasocial friendships are like caretakers maybe sure yeah i love that are also the patron saint of copy editing uh just slight refresher for anybody who doesn't know i'm in uh like graphic design school right now um mm-hmm. and um quick quick crash course um for anybody who wouldn't know but like there's a specific way of like uh design thinking um where you are like you know getting to the heart of like issues and like impacting real like users and not just 
throwing stuff at a wall um, mm-hmm. and like doing research and making sure that your stuff is, you know, impactful. Um, yeah. So maybe I would be the saint of design thinking. <laughs> yeah. The saint of intentional design. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so since that was the last question, I have one more thing that I'd like to read and then a prayer to close us out. Perfect. I love it. Before we go into like the whole like, how effective is this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the last segment is literally the last paragraph of, or one of the last paragraphs of the book. Now it is your turn. Whoever you have been, whatever you have done, I firmly believe that God is inviting you right now to be a, to a very new and special period in your life. Will you open yourself up to it? Set aside your pain and your shame. Set aside any negative feelings you have about yourself. Set aside any self-limiting ideas that you or others have filled your mind with. And allow God to do what he does best. Bring the best out of people. That's good. And I have the prayer uh, to take us out. Absolutely. Um, This is from the chapter on Mother McKillop. Father... Your saints teach us how to live when life gets difficult. They teach us how to endure all types of hardships. We all have to grapple with troubled times in our lives. During those moments of darkness and difficulty, remind us to draw strength from the examples of your saints. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I just have to send it across. It's an audio medium. (laughs) But yeah, so that... Uh, that was rediscovering the saints in an extremely short amount of time. <laughs> well, I personally loved that. For clarification, like the study guide provided on Dynamic Catholic's website has this book spread out over the course of 10 weeks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and to be fair, I also was taking literally like the best questions from every like from everything. Right. From every section. So. So there were more and questions left- per section. Yeah, okay. there were definitely more questions per section. <laughs> I personally really, really enjoyed this. I think it's, I think it's fun. I think um, if anybody listening uh, had specific thoughts that they want to like share or write down and and you know yeah. get out of their own head or whatever, uh, please email us. I would be super yeah. interested in knowing. Yeah, um, or you can tweet. You can tweet us on you can tweet us on yeah, Twitter us. or send us a message on Twitter. We'll get to that in the wrap up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a discussion. Let it be a discussion. Absolutely. Yeah, we yeah we'd love to hear like your guys' thoughts, especially yeah. from like different like faith backgrounds or you know if you like disagree with us or whatever. I, like I'm just interested in it. Um, yeah. Or also like if you were listening to this and you just want to like keep it to yourself, like that is also absolutely, yeah, absolutely. fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so valuable to just keep things to yourself sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why sometimes I, I think there's a quote by like Chris Colfer that's like, think twice, tweet once. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and then if you have like questions or like you're curious about something more, also please DM, DM us or email us. And, you know, like we, we don't have to read it on the whole podcast if you don't want us to. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. We're here yeah. for you. If any of you are interested in actually like reading this, I believe that the book is probably available for you could probably buy a PDF on the Dynamic Catholic website, or you can probably also go to your local Catholic church where I'm sure that they will have a copy of some kind of Matthew Kelly book that you can probably get for free. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think this uh, book was great. I think it's probably even more um, potent uh, if you you go through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it uh i i definitely like i think this is i think this is like a good book to read um part of the reason why i uh why i read it real quick before we recorded um or tried to make sure that i had like read was that this book is intended as kind of like a lenten guide like a oh hey like mm-hmm. you read this during lent as an extra spiritual exercise or something oh okay that so, makes a lot of sense yeah, so so it is insightful. Um, if you're interested in using it, go ahead. I I think that it, there's definitely enough thought provoking material that it will that it can be helpful to people who are interested in reading it. Absolutely, it gets its point across, <laughs> whether it's through the more banal questions or the going for the jugular ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, well, thank you so much for bringing this book to the podcast. You're welcome. Book report number one of however many however we end up doing. Many. Yeah, this actually would be a great excuse um, and way to force myself to read more nonfiction books or read more yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of our show. Um, here's the outro as we do. Faithful is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pippa, and any other place where podcasts are found. Our theme music is Start of Something Beautiful, courtesy of Ketza. Uh, we can be reached at an email at faithfulpod at gmail.com or through our Twitter at faithfulpods. And since we're a new podcast and we don't have a huge listenership yet, we would love it if you would share this episode with people you think might enjoy it or another past episode that you think they would enjoy. Um, and, uh, you know, interact with us on Twitter, do all those things. Uh, we super appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We do. <laughs> we do very much. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, until next time, then. Keep, keep the faith. The faith. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Faithful. <laughs> Did you say hello? <laughs> hello? 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 Hey, hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Faithful. Oh, my God, please. Can we, can we do another take? <laughs>